0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Let Me Fill You In. This is now the 13th installment of this midweek show that is a companion to Phil at the Movies. As always, I'm delighted and appreciative of you for being here and tuning in each week to hear what this fellow movie buff has to say on all things cinema. I've got three movies to recommend for you this week, two current films, and believe it or not, one from 1990. But when you hear who one of the stars uh, of the movie uh, is, you'll perhaps understand my my reason for recommending it this week. But on to the first two current films, and this next movie that I'm going to talk to you about briefly is already, in my view, one of the year's best films. I I cannot recommend it enough. It is, to use an overused phrase, a masterpiece, a certified masterpiece. And the movie I'm referring to is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Now, this is an animated film. Let me emphasize that. It's an animated film. It's a sequel. But insofar as it is a sequel... I believe it is far and away better than its predecessor. For the record, the first film, which is called Into the Spider-Verse, again a similar animated movie, I thought it was fine, but I, I was not I was not in love with it, shall we say. This movie blew my mind. It, it surpassed any and all expectations I might have had for it. It truly is, to, to use that phrase again, a masterpiece. And it's an animated film. And I know I've said this before on the show, and I'll say it again. Animation is cinema, and cinema is animation. This is a towering achievement. Visually, this movie feels like you are watching a comic book come to life. It's a multiverse adventure in a cinematic landscape where we have had countless multiverse adventures, but this one manages to do something extraordinary and it it really takes us on a journey that is both transformative and at the same time a lot of fun and you know again just some spoilers ahead it ends on a cliffhanger there's a third one coming out potentially next year though i think it will likely be delayed but uh, just incredible absolutely incredible across the board five stars this is a this is a towering masterpiece. And the fact that it is an animated film really speaks volumes. And I think that is the best kind of an animated movie where, in many ways, you can't make the distinction. I mean, obviously, there's the visual distinction, but you're so engaged in the story that it doesn't matter matter whether it's live action or not. You're engaged in the story. And this is one of those movies, as I said, it is a comic book movie, but it, in a lot of ways, sort of, transcends the genre which as of late that has not been happening with a lot of comic book movies but this one this is really a special film and again the fact that it is in animation just increases its its value and overall impressive nature in my humble view and as I said I was not necessarily sold on the original one it was fine but I thought it was you know in some ways you know I don't want to use the word forgettable but it, but it was it was okay i that, that's how i would say it was okay it didn't it didn't leave me uh with, with a stirring imagination this time around i was i was dazzled i was engaged and it's made me want to go back and revisit the original one because this this second installment was so damn good it it, it really shows what this this medium can be used for in the best way. I mean, there have been many great animated films over the years. I would certainly put Across the Spider Verse in that category. It is an absolute triumph. So I recommend this film, even if you are a casual comic book movie fan, if you are just looking for an engaging and at times gut-wrenching story with incredible visuals that look like a comic book come to life. I mean, it's amazing what they have accomplished. And this is an example, I think, where sometimes live action, particularly when it's a comic book movie or a comic book adaptation, you are limited by the practicality of live action. And even if you are going to use digital technology, That's only going to take you so far, and then you get into the question, does it look real? Does it look shoddy? Not with this particular film. This is a a great use of animation and really stretching the bounds of a comic book movie and, frankly, delivering something that, as I said a moment ago, feels like you are looking at the pages of a comic book. It is a beautiful translation that is just eye-catching it and eye-popping. I mean, it's visual candy. It, It is amazing. I can't wait to see this film again. And as I said, it's made me want to go back and revisit the first one. So a job well done. And highly, highly recommend this film. As I said, it's already one of my favorite films of the year. So recommend that one, especially if you are a comic book fan. But even if you are not, just from a visual stimulation point, this is one of the most engaging films I have watched this year. And I think even for the most casual of, of of comic book movie fans, you will enjoy this particular film because even though it is a superhero movie, there is heart and soul and, and a real story at the center of this piece in addition to all the visual, the visual magic. And the second film that I want to recommend for you is No Hard Feelings. Now, this is a, uh, a romantic comedy, if you will. Uh, it, it is definitely a raunchy film, but it is a lot of fun, and I had a great time with it. This felt like a callback to the the comedies of the early 2000s. Now, the plot of this film involves Jennifer Lawrence's character being hired by two helicopter parents to date their rather introverted son and sort of get him to break out of his shell and it's just this this series of of comedic events that that take these two poorly matched individuals and try to put them through the uh, the tunnel of love, so to speak. But I-, I had an absolute ball with this movie. As I said, it really was felt like a callback to a lot of the great comedies of the early 2000s. Just a, a funny, smart, and, and downright raunchy film from literally beginning to end. Jennifer Lawrence, who is... Always great in whatever role she plays. She really shines in this film and shows off her comedic chops and really illustrates and, and and certainly underscores the the need for star driven comedies I, I hope this is a signal that studios will take more interest and investment in these kinds of movies because I think there is an audience for romantic comedies again particularly ones that are are smart and, and funny and have heart all in it together. This is one of those cases where in recent years comedies particularly romantic comedies, have been going straight to streaming. And they've had a lot of success on there, but I think you're missing out in a lot of ways on additional uh, eyes on a movie, so to speak, if you have it playing in the theater. And this is a movie that I'm glad did not go straight to streaming. I think certainly Lawrence's uh, uh, star power helps with it, but it's just a lot of fun. it's, It's funny, it's raunchy, it's sexy, and there, there's a, a sweetness to it that that I was actually surprised by and so I I recommend this film if you are looking for something a little a little different a little uh, off off uh, off kilter in some parts but uh, just a fun time. At the movies, and I, I'm hopeful that, that we will get more of these types of movies in the years to come. Because, as I said, it really feels like a callback to some of the early 2000s comedies, where they, they just it seems like every time you turned around, there was a, there was a new one coming out each week. I mean, I think back to Dodgeball or Anchorman or The Hangover. I, I'd love to see us get back to that to that era again of just sort of you know star studded uh comedies that that are both smart sophisticated and of course funny all at once and, and this one checks all those boxes good time at the movies and the last one to recommend for you this week is the film from 1990 it's called pacific heights and this was not on my radar uh it's been in my uh, my twitter feed uh, so to speak in in the last few weeks and i've had a few people recommend it to me, so I decided to check it out. But the the real driving force for me watching this film is Michael Keaton is in it, and any chance I can uh, check out a film starring one of uh, starring my favorite Batman actor, I'm I'm going to do that. So this was uh, this was you know couldn't say no to it, couldn't resist it. Uh, but it's it's got a great cast. It's got Matthew Modine and Melanie Griffith, and it is a it is a smart well-paced thriller and Keaton plays a villain con man in this film he's not a must a mustache twirling villain by any means uh, there's some a sinisterness to him but also a a psychological complexity and I, I tell you there were some moments in this film where he's generally frightening he doesn't even have to say anything he just has that that look he gives that that stare which of course, uh, he he perfected with with Batman, but it's interesting to see it in another context. Uh, in the case of a in the course of a thriller, and this movie really kept me on the edge of my seat from from the beginning to the moment the credits roll. Uh, the premise of the film involves this couple that buys a house in San Francisco, and they're going to rent out a few rooms in it to help uh, offset the mortgage. And one of their tenants, of course, is Michael Keaton's character. And they get off on the wrong foot right at the start. He doesn't pay the rent, or there's a mix-up with him paying the rent. And because of California law, they could not evict him. And it just leads to this, this cascade of awkward and, frankly, terrifying situations. I mean, literally, the, the best way to describe this movie, the tenant from hell. Uh, and I think anyone who uh, ha- has been a landlord or, or even in, been in a, a rental situation, you can imagine uh, this kind of a scenario. But it is, it's is—it's well-acted. Uh, Griffith and, and Modine turn in really strong performances. But I tell you, it's really Keaton who steals the show. he He is he he's funny at the same time he's sinister a- and there's also a a level of 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 pathos and just just evil complexity to him that that really shines he he puts all his talents on full display uh with this movie in a sophisticated and edgy thriller so if this is something that is uh in your your wheelhouse i would check it out it doesn't feel dated even though it's from 1990 the pacing is great as i said a very quick runtime it's only about an hour and a half but it, it utilizes that whole hour and 30 minutes Brilliantly, I mean, there's never a moment where I felt like it was slowed or it you know could have added a little bit more. It is a well-structured story. It gets right to the point, and it never stops. I mean, it's it's pedal to the metal from the minute Keaton enters the scene all the way to the end, and. Again, there's some moments of, of genuine suspense and and frankly terror in this film nothing uh, in, in the realm of a of a of a horror movie shall we say but it's it definitely has some some thrills and and uh I would also say chills uh, and, and that's all uh, courtesy of Michael Keaton's performance but again, highly recommend this film. It was a great uh, surprise for me. I was not aware of this movie, but of course, after finding out Keaton was in it, I said, well, I've, I've definitely got to check this out, and it, it lived up to the recommendation. So if you are looking for a good a Good Friday night movie, maybe to watch with uh, some friends or just to watch yourself, this one, highly recommend, and kind of reminds me of you know another genre that I would like to see make a comeback, kind of you know, tying it in with what I said about romantic comedies. I'd love to get back to a day where we could have these like really short uh, and well-paced thrillers. Again, simple premise like this one, The Tenant from Hell. I love that those kind of films where you sort of take a situation, you put the average person in it with them, and it just creates tension and, and creative chaos for ninety minutes or so. Those, those movies, I, I'd love to see this make a comeback, and not to say that there haven't been. In uh, in recent years, but it does feel back. I was sort of looking through uh, the IMDb uh, uh, pages of that time, and, and there was a lot of a lot of movies of this genre during during the '90s. Again, sort of star-studded, ninety-minute. Well-written, well-paced thrillers, and, and I'd love to see that make a comeback because th- there's something there's something fun about having a a, a well a well cast film in these kinds of situations. But no, highly recommended. So those are the three movies for you this week: Across the Spider Verse, No Hard Feelings, and Pacific Heights. All three terrific films, and in, in the case of Across the Spider Verse without question one of the best films i have seen this year so those are my recommendations for you this week not much to report in the way of movie news but uh, i will certainly uh, hopefully have something for you in next week's show but that is all for today you can of course can check me out on friday with phil at the movies i'll be doing something a little bit different this week no new movies to revisit or review going to use this as a halfway point to look ahead and break down some of my most anticipated films for the rest of the year now before i close i just want to leave you with our cinematic quote of the week this one coming from the late great orson wells and he once said the cinema has no boundary it is a ribbon of dream ain't that the truth ain't it the truth All right, everybody, that is all for this week. As always, you can catch me on Fridays with Phil at the movies, or if not, I'll be back here, same time, same place, next Wednesday. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week.